Oh, hey, girl. It's Tess Rouse and Christina Beattie. We're the co-hosts and creators of Authentically Wild. A podcast that may literally transform your understanding about life, relationships, and your healing journey. So get ready, girl. Shit's about to get wild. Today, we're going to be talking about self-betrayal. What does that mean? What does it look like to betray ourselves? We're also going to look at how can we build this connection within ourselves and start to trust our intuition and through this process, really begin to trust ourselves. So listen in, it's going to be a good one. Oh, hey girl. Hi. I'm excited to be talking about this one because, you know, I think sometimes we can live our whole lives and not even realize we're betraying ourselves. Like, not even know that that's occurring. (laughs) Guilty. (laughs) You know, like when, when I look back on my own journey, I had no idea that I had been betraying, betraying myself. And so I'm, I'm super excited to kind of deconstruct this one with you because I think this is a big one, especially, Mm -hmm. especially for women. Well, to be honest, it's, it's really not talked about the idea that you can betray yourself. It's always externalized. Someone betrayed me or the situation betrayed Mm -hmm. me. It's never about us, right? Because then we actually have responsibility in it. So I think our take on it is, you know, different. And, and both of us, I think have been guilty, like probably earlier in our lives of fully betraying ourselves and not understanding. And I think once you do it, it's like a pathway to part of your healing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting when you said that piece around, well, like other people betray us, but, you know, oftentimes I think when we do experience this betrayal in relationships, I know in my own experience, I think we, we can see it and we choose not to believe it and maybe not, we don't see it explicitly, right? But I think that the, 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 warning, the warning signs start to occur or the signal starts to go off within us. Like, hey, something's not right here or there's some disconnect here. And that's where I think the self-betrayal starts to happen because we don't listen we don't pay attention to the things that start to stir within us. And this could be about like relationships, career, our health, like all of that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's like a beacon going off. Dude, dude, avalanche is approaching. (laughs) No, no, we're we're fine. We're fine. Keep going. Where's that big old band aid? (laughs) (laughs) No kidding. Yeah, no, I I think you're, you're spot on there. And, you know, for those people who maybe don't understand, like, what is self-betrayal? I'm sure everyone knows what betrayal means in the kind of like urban form of that, you know, if someone did something to you that was unexpected, hurt you, et cetera. Kind of going back to childhood stuff, which I know Christine and I talk about all the time, but honestly, it's so critical because when you when you come into this world, you are you're wide open, you're full of self-trust, self-love, all of those things. And we begin these really small decisions and small moments of, of betraying ourselves through whether that's programming trauma and it's it's we're always after this 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 feeling of belonging and acceptance and and under and really I guess underneath that is safety and Mm -hmm. so we begin to see ah if I put my own needs if I speak up if I go against the grain I no longer am am, am feeling belong like like I have belonging or acceptance and that's uh an unsafe place to be Mm -hmm. and so we begin these kind of micro 
forms of self-betrayal, which lead into really big disconnections within ourselves. Yeah. It reminds me of, I think you and I talked about this too, this episode that I, well, we both listened to with Mark Groves a little while ago, where he says, you know, uh, humans have two needs, self-expression and belonging. Mm. And when the belonging piece gets questioned, that we will not self-express. We will do whatever we need to feel that sense of belonging. And I, and, and that makes me think of that sense of safety. Like if, if we, if our safety is in question or we feel like that's not possible in a moment, that self-expression is going to go out the window. Well, it's, it's fight or flight, right? It's survival. It's a survival mechanism. It's there for a reason, but yeah, it it trumps it every time is is what he says. Right. So it's, it's good to be aware of that. You know, and this is, it's interesting. I talk to women about this a lot is when we are children, we are so naturally connected to our intuition. Like children are just clear channels. And it's, it's like when these little situations happen, like you said, when they start to compound, where we maybe intuitively feel something and, and let's say we even express that and that is rejected or um, made fun of, or, you know, whatever that is, it's not accepted in any way. We start to not trust ourselves. We not, we start to not trust how we feel. We start to not trust our voice and therein begins the journey of (laughs) self-betrayal. And it's a long, painful one, (laughs) but sometimes we don't like, I know for me, and we'll get to this later in the the episode, I got to a point where I didn't even realize I had been self-betraying my whole life. Oh yeah. I, I think 90% of the population doesn't even see it. Yeah. Right. Maybe yeah. we can talk about that. Like, you know, from a really high level perspective, what, what self-betrayal looks like. And so for anyone listening, maybe you're like, well, I'm not really sure if I'm betraying myself, I'm doing the mm-hmm. things I like and need. So maybe here, here's some examples of, of what it could look like. So maybe you're hiding who you are trying to be like, so that you think you can fit in. So sort of, I call it the chameleon. Are you sort of changing yourself to fit in with the group or are you sticking true to really who you authentically are christina already mentioned it but you know not voicing your opinion because you don't want to rock the boat maybe you feel kind of something come up in you you object to what someone's saying and it's not necessarily that you have to be confrontational or argumentative but are you sort of suppressing your opinion or your thought about something um because of that, again, that fear of not fitting in or rocking the boat uh, and not being ourselves because of someone else's opinion. So maybe someone again makes fun of you. This could be in adolescence all the way into adulthood or doesn't agree with something you're doing and you begin to change it, not because of your own wants or needs, but because of theirs. And I'm mm-hmm. sure you have some other examples too. Yeah, I wanna add to that just a few. Uh, the biggest one I find is people pleasing, right? Mm-hmm. So when we people please, we are putting others needs ahead of our own. And listen, there's nothing wrong with doing things for others. There's nothing wrong with wanting to support others in our lives. But when you are, or if you are continuously putting other people's needs ahead of your own, especially to please them, to make them happy, right? That would be big self-betrayal right there. Uh, another big one that comes up is invalidating your experience. And this was one that I found when I started to really dig into my own healing is that for so long, I had actually invalidated everything that I was truly experiencing. Um, 
and, you know, emotions would come up and I say, oh, I shouldn't be feeling that or I'm overreacting, right? Ooh, that's a big one. And so invalidating your experience is a big one. A couple other ones that came up that I think are a bit more low key is procrastination. I think that when we are procrastinating on the things that we need or want to do, that is another form of, of mm. betraying ourselves and self-sabotage. So, right. Like anytime we are, you know, doing something intentionally, but not maybe consciously to sabotage ourselves or our success. um, That would be another piece there. Yeah. You really strike a chord with me on the people pleasing one. Like everyone raised their hands. (laughs) (laughs) I think, you know, I used to feel guilty not people pleasing. It's it's almost like we've been conditioned to think that self-sacrifice is, is love. It's noble, right? It should be praised when in actuality, especially when it becomes a coping mechanism and a pattern in your life Mm -hmm. in the form of people pleasing. Wow. Destructive, very destructive to to that connection within yourself and that trust within yourself, like you've mentioned. Yeah, because we're going outside of ourselves to make someone else happy, to please someone else, to keep the water smooth, right? And in that going outside of ourselves, we disconnect. Yeah. from the things we need or, or what we're feeling inside. Yeah. And, and maybe we can chat a bit more about that, like what it actually costs. So, so, well, okay. So what I've betrayed myself again, I'm still walking through life. I'm not in depression. Like what does it really cost me? <laughs> Cause I, I know I've learned that lesson. I know you have. For me, I got to this point where, as you know, we've talked about many times, this big rock bottom in my life a few years ago where my anxiety was so high, depression, totally out of control. And when I look back, I can see that so much of my self-betrayal was showing up in my health Mm. that, you know, if we want to put labels on it, I had extreme anxiety and intrusive thoughts around my health and dying. And I was having these symptoms showing up in my body, in my gut with autoimmune challenges, psoriasis, my thyroid, like all of these different things were showing up. My body was literally screaming at me to listen to myself. But now I can see that these symptoms that were showing up with my health were actually on a deeper level showing these emotions that I was not listening to, these emotions that I was not validating, my experience my whole life that I had not validated, like all these little forms of self-betrayal that physically really started to show up. For anyone listening, and I think there's probably a lot of us, if you're having these symptoms with your health that are showing up and you're like, oh no, like I'm gonna do this, or I'm gonna do this and try to put these Band-Aids on, I urge you to sit with yourself and really see what's below that. Because I am such a firm believer that our body communicates to us in very explicit ways when there's something going on on a deeper level with our emotions, with potential trauma, with with any of that, right? And it doesn't mean we have to have this big trauma we have to work through. Like maybe we just have to start to sit in some of these emotions and, and validate some of the experiences we've had in our life and create safety within us. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, you're, you're bringing up this point where I think so many of us, myself included, we, we lead with our mind, right? Brain mm-hmm. is king. 
I've, I've really in the last few months learned that it's, it's our feeling in our body, mm-hmm. like, you know, your heart, your soul, whatever you want to call it, the gut feelings you have. We are so logically sort of programmed to think with that, with our brain. Right. And if it doesn't make sense up there, it's just a no. I think we do not spend enough time really sinking into how we're feeling, how we want to feel. What's those things that are coming up? We just eh, ignore, like go with the brain. Yes. And I just think, wow, what, what a you know disservice to ourselves and, and a lost opportunity, really. What I think I'm realizing is that when we are younger and we do start to practice this, this habit of like not listening to ourselves and going outside of ourselves, I think we start to disconnect from our body because our body is telling us these things, right? Like as little children, we live in our bodies. But if we realize that it's not safe to actually express or feel or, or any of these things, we go into our heads and that's where we start to live. So just mm-hmm. to kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think back to when I experienced the biggest betrayal of my life, the infidelity that occurred within my marriage. After everything had happened, I remember having my friend over to discuss it. How did this happen? How could she do this? And there's just one question that she said to me that has stuck with me since, but she said, Tess, you had to have known. You had to have. And in the moment I said, no, I didn't. But when I began to really look back again at every moment, every decision within our friendship, within my marriage during that time, I remember this voice in me saying something wasn't right. I had an off feeling here. Something was said here that, you know, just sort of confused me. It was off-putting, unsettling. And I decided, whether consciously or subconsciously, to repress that voice. And in talking about self-betrayal, that was me betraying myself. Because I think sometimes the truth, which will hurt us, is something that our ego protects us from. Nope, that can't, that can't even be real. We are going to not even look into that, but that was the problem. Rather than just sit in it and really try and figure out why I was feeling that way, ask the questions, be brave enough to ask the questions or even brave enough to voice how I was feeling, I didn't. And, you know, subconsciously, I think belonging in both of those relationships was more important to me because it provided a sense of safety and security than actually knowing what was going on. The biggest betrayal of my life was how I betrayed myself. And so if that can be a lesson to anyone, it's that we have a stake in that as well. People only treat us how we tell them they can treat us. And if your inner inkling, your knowing, your feeling, your gut reaction, whatever you want to call it, is going off, there is a reason. And I think that we need to accept that the feeling of our body 
actually is probably more intuitive than we think our than our brains are. We just walk through life logically thinking through everything. You know, to me in that instance, logically know the two people who are supposed to love and care about me could not do that to me. Logically, right? But my body was saying, there is something off here. There is something off here. So I guess it's just a reminder that your body, you, your intuition knows yourself. Do not betray it. Listen to it. Do not tune it out. I heard this analogy once about self-betrayal that it's these small decisions we make where we betray ourselves, you know, as early on in our lives as you can remember. It's like a steady drip of water against a stone, right? Each mm-hmm. each droplet is very insignificant, but compounding against each other, it leads to the deterioration of the stone. Yeah. So you can think of that in the same way about your self-trust. Every time we betray that, we're cutting those small threads until eventually we're we're so out of touch with our intuition, our inner voice, moral compass. Um, and then we begin to let others determine the trajectory of our life. So when we look at, you know, what, what does it cost us really? If you're listening to this and some of this is resonating for you, here's where I would say, take a good look at your life and see number one, where or how are you betraying yourself? Are you people pleasing? Are you neglecting your needs? Are you invalidating your experience? Are you self-sabotaging? Check, check, check. (laughs) (laughs) All, maybe one. Like, what does that look like for you? And and just start to keep that in mind as we start to move forward with this, because we're going to dig into this piece of intuition next and building that intuition as a way to start to bridge the self-betrayal and learning how to trust yourself right? Because they're kind of opposite ends of that pendulum. Yeah. If you're noticing a pattern in your life where, you know, people are betraying you or situations where, you know, you just can't fathom it. It's just kind of, it's pummeling you. It just keeps happening. I, I would say no one can betray you without you first betraying yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm repeat that one more time. No one can betray you without you first betraying yourself. So really think about that whether it's in a relationship or a situation, what part did you play in allowing that? And again, I'm not trying to undermine anyone who's been a victim of anything. I I know people aren't necessarily wanting any of that to come into their life, but each of us allow things, right? So not putting in boundaries would also be a form of self-betrayal, right? You're not standing up for your own needs, protection, et cetera. Because again, there's the fear of not belonging, not being loved, But what you're doing then is self-sacrificing yourself, right? And so you have to remember that. And I think that's where this is really going to help us transition into like, how do you move out of self-betrayal and into self-love and self-trust? Because until you can see what role you've played in that, you actually can't, right? You have to take responsibility for, for what's happening. There's a lot of women in my life who you know, they'll, they'll keep relationships that are, are really toxic for them. And they just, they can't believe how this person can just be like this, like, you know, but I say to them, like, why are you keeping that connection? What is this relationship serving for you? When you can start to show up for yourself, like when you think about trust, when you have trust in a relationship, there's honesty, there's reliance, there's doing what we say we'll do when we're supposed to do it. 
like keeping promises, mm-hmm. right? And so if you expect that in a relationship with somebody, you have to be doing that for yourself. It goes both ways. Amen. Right? <laughs> you know, and if you are doing that for yourself, there's an energy there. You're secure, you're secure, like there's a secure energy there. And so anytime something less than that shows up in your life, it can't match it. Like it, it either will fall away or you will be brought down. I love that. Mm-hmm. You know, so let's, let's talk a little bit around intuition, right? Because for me, you know, one thing that I've learned on my journey is that where I'm at now with my intuition, it's a lot different than where I was at three years ago. Mm -hmm. And one thing I started to realize was that, and again, if we're saying that we want to be able to trust ourselves, intuition, I would say, is the foundation of this, is the bedrock of of self-trust. Because when you are tapped into your intuition and connected to it and listening to it and acting on it, this is self-trust. Absolutely. And I, I think probably most people listening are going to say, well, how the heck do you build your intuition? What is your intuition? So maybe you can, you know, you've really gone through this. So like, where did you start? Yeah. So this is, I love talking about this piece because what I've learned on my journey, and I think that this can be super expanding for anybody who's wanting to do this is that number one, as children, we are very intuitively connected with ourselves. It's almost like we're this clear channel and then we grow up and experience pain and, and the, the craziness of this world. And like we, we, we almost just have these layers placed upon us that dull and mute our intuitive connection. Mm-hmm. And so for me, what this looked like was, and this was not intentional. This was just me digging into my healing journey. That was my intent over the last few years. And from that came the building of this intuition. For me, what this looked like was, and I guess I, this, we could look at this as like, n- not necessarily a process, but my process of, of how I began to experience this was, I created an intention of wanting to heal, wanting to heal a lot of the pain and and the stuff that I had been through and just these repressed emotions because I got to this place in my life where I was so friggin' disconnected. And I really had to, number one, begin to feel again because I was just living this life of repression. I was not allowing myself to feel. And, And what this would look like was, okay, I'd have anger show up, anger. That was kind of it. And, and so it was number one, allowing myself to begin to feel all the emotions, holding space for what was coming up. And what did that look like was just, you know, becoming aware of what was coming up, starting to understand my emotions, digging into my triggers. And as I started to do this, I began to build a connection with my emotions. I started to trust what I was feeling, not quest, not, well, sometimes I question it, but not doubt it trust it and listen to what I needed. And from here, I really began to just feel so much more connected to myself, to what was going on in my life, to my childhood, to things I had repressed, like all of it. It was, I started to feel more connected and, and it was this consistent practice that I started to create every day of, of digging in, listening to what was coming up, you know, writing it out, integrating it, releasing it, that this was when 
my intuition really began to come through because in this process of peeling back these layers and holding space and feeling, I created a clearer channel for my intuition to be felt and experienced. And then also for me to connect to the spirit worlds, which again, was not my intention at all. It freaking came out of nowhere. Pretty much went to a spiritual gym and just worked out every day. Mary Beth. (laughs) Yes. And I love that you give that piece because our intuition is a muscle that we have to build and we have to maintain every day. And so if you're looking to build your intuition, know that number one, it's there, girl, it's in you and you can build it. Yeah. And I I just feel really called to, to say, if, if you're maybe not super spiritual. Like I think what Christina is saying there is spirituality in itself can literally just be you having a relationship with yourself and listening to your intuition. You don't need to be doing crystals, cards, whether it's like meditating every day and like going to see psychics. That's not, I, I don't think what you're meaning in, in this sense, but it's literally spirituality. If, if that's the box and container you want to work within, it could just be not like self-love, self-trust, getting to know yourself, following your intuition, your gut instincts, like that and alone is a practice. And if that's as far as you're going, that's great. You know, it doesn't mean, okay, you, you have a coaching business now or reading cards, like, right. But yeah. it could, it could go to there, but I just think it's really important for anyone's like, well, I'm not really spiritual. So I can't tap into my intuition. That's not what is meant by this. No, no. And like when, and again, when I went, started down this path of healing, <laughs> spirituality was not my, that's not, that was not my intent. My intent was just really to start to heal Mm -hmm. and, and feel peace within myself. I got, I don't know how many times I wrote my journal. I just want peace. (laughs) And, and it really became this very organic journey. And, and I think the other piece I want to get to is like connection, connection within yourself and, and which then can become a connection with something much bigger than mm-hmm. these, these human bodies we walk around in. Before you can have self-trust, self-love, a connection with your intuition, you have to know who you are. Mm-hmm. I, I compare it to, you wouldn't just trust a random stranger, but so many of us walk around without any connection to ourselves. Like I never spent a moment saying, Tess, what do you really want? What do you want out of your career? What do you, how do you want to feel in your marriage? What kind of friendships do you want? I'm not saying that everything in my life was bad. It wasn't. I had great things in my life. I'd always get nervous, um, especially in like corporate type workshops at work where they'd be like, so tell us about yourself. What are your hobbies? What are your interests? I remember feeling anxiety. I don't know. What am I going to write on this piece of paper? Or, you know, the icebreakers. <laughs> I think that was a big red flag to me. If you cannot answer these simple questions, I would always lead with like, oh, my family or my husband and I. And I was like, I actually don't have a self-identity outside of mm-hmm. other people. That's a problem. And so for me, it was more of a journey. And I need to get to know myself before I make any decisions, before I you know, it was, I guess, I guess in a way, stripping back layers as you did, but my intention was to get to know who I am at my core, who I want to be. And then through that, stepping into healing some of that, uh, but it was more just a foundation of understanding. And then I think naturally through that, the self-love, the self-trust has started. And, and I'll be the first to say, you know, you and I are at very different points in our journey. Like 
I'm just getting there. But I think there's steps before it and you can't have self-trust and self-love if you don't know who you are, right? Mm -hmm. And I love that you bring up this piece of self-love because I think it drives me crazy sometimes that it's out there in society. Love yourself, self-love, the self-love journey. Well, it's like, how do we love ourselves if we don't know who we are? If we have zero connection with who we are. Yeah. How? And, and so this is really about building that connection with yourself. I think that's really what this comes down to is, is, is starting to build this connection with Mm -hmm. yourself and listening and paying attention to what's going on within you, maybe keeping promises to yourself or making your needs a a priority. But I love that you bring up in your workshop of like, the anxiety of who am I? Because I talk to so many women, we'll sit down to do a session or something. And it's like, well, what do you want? What are the things that you want in your life? Or what do you want this path to look like? And it's literally, we get to this point where it's like, have we even asked ourselves that since, you know, grade 12, writing down on a paper, what college we want to go to, or like, you know what I mean? Those silly things where we do those personality tests or whatever but when do we ever ask ourselves these Mm -hmm. until we get to this rock bottom where we are forced to reevaluate everything in our lives? Yeah. I I love how you say, you know, make promises to yourself and keep them do the, like that is you building your self-trust, you're actioning it. And I would say, you know, the quote, everyone says like, treat others, how you want to be treated. I'd flip that on its head and say, treat yourself, how you treat others. Because you wouldn't go up to someone and be like, you're a piece of shit. I mean, maybe, maybe in like a certain context, So I would say that if you are listening to this and the self-betrayal piece is showing up for you in your life, which I think all of us could put our hands up in some way, right? Um, Number one, getting clear on how you are betraying yourself would be a great place to start. And starting to make an intention, if if this is an area that you would like to, to change or a path you'd like to go down, is just making an intention of starting to build a connection within yourself, you know, allowing yourself to feel your experience, your emotions, your triggers, right? Allowing yourself to listen to what's truly going on within you, starting to take action around the things that you want for yourself, that you need. And this can really start to build that intuitive connection and perhaps even that self-trust piece, just learning to trust yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For for me, it's not like a a flip, a a switch just gets flipped, right? It's, it's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And, you know, Mm -hmm. it's something I'm still working through that, that self-trust self-love piece, but I'd say for anyone out there yeah start getting to know yourself start seeing how you're showing up how you're feeling again keep a journal no one else is going to see it be super honest with yourself and until you can become aware and begin to dig you actually can't cross the bridge if that makes sense so that's really I think you've nailed it that's the first piece and and I and to add on to what you just said there I love it because you know you and I were talking just a couple of days ago about something, I, I kind of forget what it was, but what came up was you said to me, well, Christina, you have actually programmed yourself not to self-betray anymore. 
Yeah. Right. And it makes me think that, you know, this is kind of like a spectrum, right? Like we don't get perfect at anything, but eventually if we practice something consistently enough, we start to have new habits and behaviors Mm -hmm. that, that swing to the other side of that. Yeah. Right. And that we're going to have days, you and I, we're going to have days where the self-betrayal still shows up because it's such a habit that we practiced for so long, Mm -hmm. but it's about the awareness and, and the practice of choosing differently. Yeah. Choosing ourselves for the first time. And even back to your spiritual gym analogy, I mean, you don't walk into the gym and grab your 45s, right? Mm. We, we start maybe at a five to eight pound dumbbell. So start looking at those sort of small opportunities where you can flex, begin flexing that muscle and you'll see that, oh, people still loved me, uh, you know, in, in some situations, maybe some you'll really rock the boat, but you'll begin to build that trust and see that there's safety in stepping through that. And that's how then you can work your way up to, to the big weights, if you know what I mean. And, oh, yeah. uh, you know, and just like another example too, again, I, I don't want people thinking, well, anyone who doesn't betray themselves is super argumentative, confrontational, because I think we've all experienced people like that in our lives. They're a bit brash and harsh and it can be too much sometimes. And I think a lot of people also have fear of becoming that, like speaking up for themselves all the time, always offering a different opinion. It doesn't actually have to look like that. So an example could be, let's say people are gossiping about someone and that's something you're just not wanting to engage in anymore, or maybe it's someone you really care about and you're like, ah, but you know, you don't want to just come out and be like, yeah, I don't appreciate how you guys are talking. Gossip is bad. You're, you have a negative aura or whatever you want to say. It could be as simple as, so anyways, um, next week I'm going on this trip to da, 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 da. So you're switching the subject. And in that, what you are doing is silently saying, but you're still putting in that boundary. Yeah. I'm not partaking in this, but I'm not necessarily extrovertingly like saying you need to do this and you're bad at this and, da, 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 and, and giving like a harsh sort of opinion of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I'm showing them that I'm not supportive of what's going on here. And, and here's where we're going with the conversation. So yeah. just wanting to also like, Pull, pull that out it it can look different in multiple different situations and it's really whatever you're comfortable with but that alone is you you know trusting what's coming up in you like I don't want to be doing this conversation it doesn't mean you have to say I'm out of here goodbye mm-hmm. <laughs> right this is an example yeah small shifts right like you said those five and eight pound weights small little things that you can start to do just to listen to yourself and and advocate for yourself and and shift or stand in that energy that you want to embody, you know, Mm -hmm. um, man, I love this topic. I'm so glad we talked about it because I think it's one that is kind of a bit hidden and it's very easy not to see, but when you can become aware of it, it can create some, some massive shifts in your life. Yeah, for sure. You know, we want to thank you guys for listening. You know, this is our fourth episode and it's been really it's been a really beautiful process so far Tess and I have been really excited and just really enjoying sharing these topics with you if you are liking the podcast we encourage you to subscribe if you haven't already like and review and of course it's always so helpful when you can share it on your social media because the more people that we can reach the more successful it can be and and just connect with as many people as possible. So thank you so much for listening. 
Yes, thanks everyone. And I think like Christina said, direct message us, reach out to us via the podcast platforms, leave us a comment if there's topics you want to hear about. Um, if you want us to get more into the nitty gritty of our experience, I feel like we're both open books and whatever is resonating and hopefully inspiring any of you listening, we, we want to do more of that. So please give us your, your commentary. We'd, we'd be happy to receive it. Well, kind of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. No, we'd love to, we'd love to get any feedback from you guys. So you can find us on Instagram. You can find me, Christina, at Christina.soulempowered on Instagram and TikTok. You can also find Tess on Instagram and TikTok at herunearthed. We hope you guys have a great day. Thanks, everyone. Bye.